you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. Hello and welcome into this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lab. Today, we have a special guest. Rex and I are all talked out. After a very busy year in the world of golf, he's been talked about on this podcast innumerable times. But so because times. we are selfish and because we are possessive, we have never <laughs> actually had him as part of a three-man weave. He is Todd Lewis. T. Lou, thanks for joining us. How are you? Uh, I feel like I've just been placed into the VIP room uh, of Rex and Lab. So thank you so much, man. It's an honor. It's a, it's a privilege. I don't have an Emmy like you do have over your left shoulder. Um, I have a travel <laughs> pillow. I'll stick that in the background over here. There you go. And maybe you can get a, get a look at that. And that'll be my pretend Emmy if that's all right. See, I, okay. I warned him. I warned him, laugh. I said no Todd voice. I said no TV voice. So you know what we're going to get when we hear TV voice? Just so you know. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's the we don't, we, yeah, we don't we don't want Golf Central Todd. We want unbuttoned Todd. We want yes. lunchroom Todd. We want three martinis deep Todd. Yeah, we'll actually, see, martinis. We'll yes. actually see how we go. Uh, we we're right, gonna go try ahead. not to we're gonna try not to interrupt each other too often. We actually do that enough with just the two of us. It it angers the the folks uh, in the YouTube comment section uh, to no end. But we do hope that this is kind of an interesting look uh, behind the scenes. What we do why we do it, some of our most memorable moments from the road. Uh, so, Tilu, I'll start, I'll start with this. How would you describe your reporting year uh, in one word? Oh, oh. oh man. Uh, given what has happened this year, it was chaotic. I felt like I was in a linebacker breakdown position at all times because we never knew when we woke up each and every day what was going to be thrown at us. Uh, I've called more people, players, agents, caddies, friends of, of players than I have in my, maybe my entire career um, at the Golf Channel. So um, yeah, it was, it was intense. Uh, it was intense. And it's all basically you know, around the PIF, PGA Tour framework agreement and, and what we got to move forward. So yeah, it was, it was intense. I'm going to not push the button, but he was really, really close there, Lab. I got to be honest with you. It, I, I know you didn't ask me. I'm going to go with just panicky for all the reasons that Todd just said. Yeah. Just because it seems like every morning you woke up or every night when you saw something on your phone, I just woke up in just in a cold sweat because I just knew that th this isn't going to work out well. Like, this isn't going to be best for me. All right, uh, Todd, this is unfair. We didn't do a rundown. As we said, this isn't real TV. Uh, uh, but I do have a list of questions. So I know this is unfair to throw this at you. So the way... I'm going to do this is I'm going to ask the question and I'm going to answer it to give you and lab both time. So as soon as I'm done giving the answer, I'll go straight to Todd and then lab can jump. Basically in. just it's, buying us time. 
Yes, I'm just trying to be a good teammate here. I'm just trying to do a little tap dancing, give you guys some some time. So I'm going to start with, since we all, this is the craft that we all do, what was the best interview you gave this year? And it, it took me a while to come up with just one that just shows you what kind of year I've had. And I went back to Eric Compton, and I, I interviewed him in January for a story that ran about Mel Reese, which was the public golf course in Miami. I say was because I just flew over Miami recently and saw that it's been absolutely uh, plowed under. And Eric Compton grew up on this public golf course. He was passionate about it. And it tapped into sort of that emotion of why we love the game. And as a professional, as someone who's been on the PGA Tour and and won professional events, I always love when you can sort of crack that exterior and get past, you know, whatever it is that that makes them good, which is usually some sort of blinders because they, they have to protect themselves. They have to make sure that they... They don't look too much into their feelings. But in this particular case, he really opened up. There was a lot of emotion, and I enjoyed writing that story. Todd? You know, I mean, that's a good question. I, I really enjoyed interviewing Brian Harmon when he won the Open um, because he's good been dogs. out there. Yeah, 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 good dogs. Uh, he had been out there for, you know, for so long. And, you know, he's won on the PGA Tour. I'm not saying he's an accomplished player or he's not an accomplished player. Uh, but, you know, he just hasn't made that step to an upper-tier player. And for him, in in what was a you know, for for a dog it was like you know playing at Bryant Denny Stadium, uh, <laughs> he was over there, and he was over there, um, you know, battling fans, battling elements, and you know, and he just got pissed off and said, "I'm going to win this," and you know that was cool. But I mean, I think the most impactful one that I did was uh, with Christian Bizet. Now uh, it was for um, it was for a feature we did actually for the open. Um, and if you don't know his story, he's a PGA tour member he's from South Africa, but he has a severe, has had one since childhood, a severe stuttering issue. And I thought it was you know, courageous for him just to get in front of a camera and do a long form interview with us. Uh, and he talked about how he was bullied in high school, uh, how he just would come home and just go to his room and just stay in his room and um, and if it wasn't for golf, you know, he probably, you know, no telling where he would be mentally and emotionally. Um, but it was a refuge for him. Um, it, he was able to, to grow. Um, and now he's working with Arthur Blank and this uh, University of Texas, this stuttering program, this research development center um, that is doing a lot of uh, positive things for kids and adults with some stuttering issues. And you know, I, I just thought it was very courageous and impactful as we as as he sat down and and talked about you know his past, present, and future. Uh, Taylor, just to follow up real quick, Brian Harmon, uh, in my opinion, very underrated <laughs> interview. Yeah, he has his he has his reputation as kind of like the slow southerner. You know, the 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 British media had a field day with him at the Open, just basically thinking he was just some redneck. Like he's got thoughts. He's. I find him very introspective. I find him very thoughtful. Uh, what have been your interactions over the course of your career with a reigning Open champion? Yeah, he's very smart. I mean, he's involved in the governance of the PGA Tour. He's got a finance degree, I think, from the University of Georgia. Um, what does that mean? So, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I didn't go to Georgia. I wouldn't know. Is that? Is that? You know, how would I know? I mean, pref- I mean preferably it would be the Grady School of Journalism, then it'd be the Terry School of Business, and then whatever else. I mean, it's basically just a sheet of paper at that point. Well, I went to the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, which is the Harvard of Guilford County. So I just want you to understand <laughs> that. It's that's superior very, stuff. Very prestigious. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, he he knows what's going on. He's very invested, very well read. 
and very thoughtful and very smart. Yeah, I mean, he likes to hunt. He likes to fish. Doesn't make him stupid. Uh, so yeah, I, I think he's great. Uh, to answer your initial question, Rex, for me, this was an easy one. It was my interview with Sam Bennett uh, that premiered uh, on Live from the Masters. This is actually kind of a, a funny story. We wanted to do this in 2022, uh, leading in to uh, the NCAA championship in 2022. We had uh, blocked out time with Sam Bennett. We booked flights to uh, College Station uh, where he was going to school at Texas A&M. And then two weeks before we were supposed to leave for that interview shoot, he texted me and said, nah, man, I think I'm good. Uh, I, I don't want I don't want to share my story anymore. I think it's already out there enough. We were kind of taken aback, uh, a little bit pissed off, to be honest with you. And as fate would have it, Sam Bennett in the summer of 2022 went on to win the U.S. Amateur and elevated his profile even more. And so at the end of 2022, circle back again and said, we'd really like to do this story. Uh, we believe your story and your narrative arc has changed. And uh, we told him that his feature story would now run on Live from the Masters. And as you know, T. Lou, that's the biggest showcase uh, that we have on our network. And it was slated to run on Wednesday night. And this is the kind of story that you'd think just runs once and, pr and probably never again, right? Like the, the reigning U S amateur champion, he gets, he gets to play the masters. It's a cute little story. Uh, he'll get, he'll get in the U S open as well. And then he kind of goes on his way. Uh, instead he played his way uh, into the penultimate group uh, on the weekend. Uh, it was a very heartwarming story, uh, a story of triumph, uh, a story of perseverance. Uh, his mom was great in it. So that was, uh, the most personally uh, rewarding uh, and satisfying work uh, that I did in 2023. In your initial comments, Tila, you mentioned uh, how chaotic the year was. Uh, Rex, you used the word panicky, and it all revolves around what happened on June 6th. Just curious, from like a reporter perspective, like what'd you what'd you do that day? Like, what what was your day like? Take me take me from the start. Go, Rex. You tell your, your story. Uh, well, no, that actually falls in line. I, well, I think it, it falls in line. So I'm, I'm going to not ignore Lab's question, but I am going to I'm going to try to reposition this a little bit because I kind of referenced this as maybe a pinch me moment when when you're doing your job and things just start to see become a little bit surreal. And I was amazed how many of those I could come up with off the top of my head. And certainly June 6th is one of them. I think I've said this story on the podcast before I was standing in line and Atlanta airport trying to catch the flight from, we were all coming from golf's longest day. Uh, uh, I think Todd, you were with me. You were at the other event, uh, a U.S. open qualifier in yeah. Columbus. And so I was flying home and, and, and it was again, surreal. I'll go back to that. You see, I got the text from someone who had seen it. Uh, I immediately called, um, uh, golf channel just asked them what they wanted me to do they told me to get out of line uh because i might you know have to go on air from atlanta airport uh, i ended up going and flying home and and getting to the studio I, I i think that that's probably number one on my list but i'll say the the moment on saturday night in italy in rome and todd you and i were together in the car park when rory mm -hmm. went after bones Mackay. that one's probably number one on my list simply because you don't get that in golf and you certainly don't you're certainly never fortunate to have a camera there to have reporters sit standing there to be live on TV at the time. I mean, that was something that that felt like real, real TV to me, Todd. 
Yeah, that was, a, that was, you know, that's what television is about. It, it's the abstract and the norm and it invokes emotion. There's no doubt about it. That was, that was a highlighted year. I'll tell you my June 6th story. You're right. What, oh, what he you, got buzzed. How do you want me, you you me to buzzed. talk? Is this how I talk to you when I'm sitting beside you in the no, music? No, no, that was Todd TV voice. I want Todd lunchroom voice. Go ahead, try it oh, again. Oh my God, man, man. Look, I'm already married. I don't need you. <laughs> Um, so I was, you're right. It was the day after golf song is day. I was in Columbus. You were in Springfield, right? Rex? Correct. Yeah. Right. So I was asked to Tuesday, Tuesday, um, night to drive to Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is the day after the longest day, um, June 6th that, and be a part of a dinner that night. And then on Wednesday, host the opening ceremonies for the Palmer Cup, uh, which was you know, a prestigious honor. I was really you know, proud to do it. But before I jumped in my car to drive to the Trobe, I got a chance to play golf. And I was going to play golf at Double Eagle, which is a really cool spot. And a new buddy of mine's a member there. So we're you, were walking. you were probably going to send like this cheesy tweet out that said, you know, thanks for the opportunity to play. What a great layout. The course was so well conditioned. Thanks to my friends. We'll see you next time. Right. Um, correct. On the fourth hole, we're, my, I'm, we're walking and my bag is just, the, the phone is not on silent and it is just ringing and vibrating and ringing and vibrating. And I'm like, I'm trying to ignore it. I'll get to it later. And it would not stop to the point where my stand bag was about to fall down. It was it was vibrating so much. And then I pick up the phone and then I read the official statement. I'm like, oh, my God, this can't be true. This somebody is punking me. And that's exactly what I thought. And then text after text after text came and I had I walked off the golf course. And so I jumped in my car and I'm on my phone. I'm calling, texting, driving like Starsky and Hutch back to the Dublin, Ohio what court. A dated yard. reference. Oh my! Like our, our show just took a turn to. Aren't you guys like, the yeah. same age? This is Jesus. just sad. Yeah, to the courtyard. By the way, I was staying at a courtyard, Rex. Uh, and I just sat there and did live shots, a couple of live shots in room three forty-four, and then drove that night to Latrobe, Pennsylvania, and the dinner was actually in Arnold Palmer's house. Uh, in the trove where you grew Dude, up, Dude, with the humble brags. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm not saying it that way. I'm just thinking, like, hey, man, I'm here. This guy created the PGA Tour, and I'm in his house. You know, that's where the event is, and you know, it's still pretty much like it was when he lived there. And like, wow, this the entire golf world just turned upside down today. So that, 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 that was just, you know, how many, how many calls, how many calls did you make that day, Tila? Oh gosh, I haven't. <laughs> I would say calls and texts close to a hundred. How many, how many were answered? I would say a large majority of them. Mostly just everyone just being pissed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were mad. There's no doubt about it. They were pissed. Uh, and a lot of them were, most of them were players. So yeah, yeah that was the key. That was the thing. What was, so <clears throat> I think we can all agree that was uh, arguably the most chaotic day uh, in our golf channel 10 years. Maybe were you with golf channel during the hydrant, the hydrant episode, tiger oh, yeah. uh, Thanksgiving? Oh, <laughs> nine. Okay. So I, I would assume that would be on par with this. What are like a handful of other like red alarm 
fire like we gotta we, we gotta we gotta do something we gotta do something quick like through my career at the golf channel yeah like where, well, what would fire, you what would you put what would you put that day on par with Oh, right. I mean, maybe the, probably the biggest. I think it's even greater than the Hydrant episode because that affected, I mean, yes, it did affect golf because it was Tiger Woods when he hit the Hydrant at Isleworth. And, you at the know, peak and of his powers. It's at the peak of his powers. Correct. Well, yes, it did affect golf, but really it affected generally one yep. individual. Yep. Um, and that was Tiger and maybe a few others around him. Uh, obviously, it affected his personal life, which, you know, was tragic, but but man, this this affects everybody. This affects us. This affects fans. This 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 affects the entire topography of golf. So yeah, this is by far the biggest story. How do you think it affects you as a reporter? This is, I've, I've got to say, Tilo, this is a tumultuous time to be a golf reporter. Credibility, reputations are seemingly under fire at all times. People have accused. Golf Channel analysts, commentators, reporters of being propagandists for the PGA Tour. They've accused us of being in the bag for the PGA Tour. They've accused us of hating live simply because it threatens our livelihood. What would be your response to that as an impartial career journalist? Look, man, I, I get paid. No one cares about my opinion. I mean, they, I, I, I didn't walk inside the ropes. I, no, no one really cares about my opinion. They, they do care about facts. So I like to, you know, I like to, to have citizenship in, in information town. So, man, that's, I, I, so I just try to get as much information as I can, uh, be as fair as you can. If there's one side saying one thing, then try to get the opposing side to make sure you, you're, you have a complete story. And that's it. Yeah, but it is hard because... I remember going to the PGA Championship at, in Tulsa and going up and talking to try, try to have a conversation with Lee Westwood or Ian Poulter or Graham McDowell. You know, I've had great relationships with them professionally and personally throughout the years, but they just said, man, I can't talk to you. You work for Golf Channel. Can't do it. And it's just like, okay, you can't separate. I mean, come on, you know. So between an individual and between one individual as a reporter and another individual who is an analyst who gives an opinion. So, yeah, it's tough, but. It's, it's, you know, if you just follow your instincts as a reporter, everything should be fine. What have the past couple months been like for you, T. Lou, as the story has progressed? I mean, it obviously continues to dominate the news cycle. There's more news that's coming out here uh, in the month of December. The rumor mill never stops churning. It seemed like we took like a six-month reprieve, right, from like the, the rumor mill really heating up and now... Uh, it's an overdrive, uh, as it tends to be with all matters related to the tour and live golf. So as the story's progressed, how has your reporting sort of changed as well? You Well, you used to, uh, when all this was happening, you know, just every little juicy rumor you would chase. And some of them weren't even that juicy. You know, if you just had some kind of little inkling of what might be happening, you would chase. Now you kind of after doing this for what i guess a year maybe a year and a half now you you kind of filter through what is you know what is credible and what is not so i guess that's basically it um but you know it's 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 chasing the unknown because 
you know, I talked to players latter part of this year through the negotiations of this framework agreement, and they don't know, um, you know, very few people know what's going on. Uh, even if you look back at the framework agreement happening, only really three people knew what's going on. So it's, it's very hush hush. It's very hard to get information. Um, but you get kind of used to that. You try as hard as you can. I remember Rex saying at the 2022 Open Championship at St. Angeles, I don't believe anything until I get a press release in my inbox confirming it. You hear so much nonsense. You hear so many rumors. There's so much innuendo. Uh, there's so many leverage ploys on both sides that like, yeah, you basically just wait for official confirmation and then you go from there. Rex, you're, you're back on. You had some internet issues. Welcome back. This is a terrible angle. Not going to lie. Terrible angle. Uh, ser- servicing our, our, our YouTube viewers. What, what do you have to add to this? Uh, well, we want to transition now to the funny. And, and Todd, this is what we do. We, we'd rather be very self-deprecating in this. So I came up with a list of questions, which I'm sure you're not going to like. And again, I'll give you a chance to think this through. Right. What was the worst question you asked in 2023? Uh, I actually have a list of them on my computer. I could, it's a list of my questions? Question. No, a list of my questions that, that were really, really bad. Uh, and I'll start with, uh, I asked Jay, and you were sitting in on this, Jay Monahan, the, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, had a roundtable with reporters at uh, the St. Jude, the, the playoff event in Memphis. And I remember asking him about where his mind was at on June 6th. We, we, we talked a lot about, we talked about a lot about the idea of what we were doing. And I remember the look I got from him, and had he had a gun in his hand, I'm pretty sure he would have shot me in the face. <laughs> um, he didn't like the question. Uh, I, I, he didn't give me a very good answer. I immediately I, I got scared. I started leaking confidence. I, I hid in the corner for the rest of the roundtable because I didn't want to go through that again. And I realized that this is going to be a touchy subject because he, he clearly was going through things and he didn't want to talk about them. Uh, there is an I uh, uh, there is a outside looking in question. I asked Scotty Scheffler in the Bahamas at the Hero World Challenge who he thought should be Player of the Year. He didn't like that question either. So th- I got a bunch of them. You get the idea where, where I'm going here. What, what would be yours? I mean, Scott, you, Scotty Scheffler got kind of tired of talking about um, putting. Putting. Just putting. putting. I've, I've yeah. heard. I've heard. I've heard his putting is a little bit of a concern. <laughs> right. But but I mean, generally, he's nice about it, but you can tell he doesn't really want to talk about it. He's done with it. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, we have graphics. Wow. The budget is amazing here at this show. Um, God, you know, I let's see. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric CDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. 
You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. 21 minutes in. You you asked so many great questions that you literally can't think of a bad one. No player ripped your head off. Uh, There was no awkward silence on television. I find that incredibly hard to believe. Yeah, me too. I got to be just honest a with flawless you. year from Tilu. Everybody, give him, give him a round yeah. of applause. Thank Yay, you. Give me, can you give me everyone. that bubble one more time? Can you give me that bubble everyone. one more time? No, no, we're not going to do it. You, you've been pretty good. You've gotten away from TV, Todd. So I will give you credit on that mm. front. Uh, Lab, what was your worst question? Let's let's, let's Todd off the hook me, on this one. Give me time. So I actually don't even think it was a bad question. Um, it was to Brooks Kepka. So there was the restart of the third round on Sunday morning of the masters. Right. And Brooks Kepka had, I believe a four shot lead when play was suspended on Saturday. And when he came out on Sunday, he was a little bit flat, made a couple of mistakes. Uh, John Rahm uh, was starting his charge. And obviously we know how that, that ended uh, in the final round, but over the course of the resumption of play on Sunday morning, Brooks Kepka's lead was cut from four shots to two shots. And so if you look at the transcript, I actually had to go back to make sure I asked it as succinct as I remembered that I did. And the question was, your advantage got halved. How do you feel coming off? <laughs> that I mean, is that not a fair question, T. Lou? His, his lead when he teed off on Sunday morning was four shots. When he finished his round, the completion of the third round, it was two shots, and he he bit my head off. Did he, he half, not understand the question? Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I, I think half of half of four is two, and so he goes halved. What do you mean halved? I started yesterday at two. I'm just spitting facts to you. I don't know what else to say. I'm in the same spot. Nope. I said nope. Nope. From the restart, you started at four, and now you're up by two. And he goes, yeah, I'm fine with two. Ended up shooting what seventy five. Uh, in the final round, uh, can, but that was I, certainly, that was certainly ask, an awkward start of the day. Did I'm you go? That. Nope, nope. Did you do that? Nope, well, <laughs> probably. Yeah, nope, because well, 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 that that would probably make think, would bite your head off. Yeah. Do you think that would probably instigate it? No. Yeah, was, I think you know, you know no, body like, language means something. <laughs> I mean, I mean, according according to the transcript, I didn't. There wasn't a nope, nope, nope. Uh, you got that wrong. It said simply <laughs> from the restart, uh, and he was very short. Did you tell him tisk tisk? It doesn't say it does not say uh, sausage finger in the air uh, anywhere there. But as you as you read the rest of the transcript, like it's just a six or seven word answer. So that was like a horrible tone setter. I still maintain that that was a very fair and actually a good question. Uh, Brooks clearly disagreed. And that set the tone for what was a disappointing. Hey, Rex, if you'll give me some time, I did have a bad question. I did have oh. a bad question. It Glad came at the got P- got, it came at the PGA Championship. It was Wednesday prior to competition, and Phil Mickelson was playing a practice round. And so I grabbed my crew, our crew, our friends, and said, my you know, crew. "Let's my go crew. try my crew." Yeah, that's right. Our crew. <laughs> let's go. Ch- let's go try to talk to Phil Mickelson, and given his. Uh, what's the word I would use? Disdain, and maybe that's not strong enough for you know 
our Hatred. support. Hatred. Okay. Hatred's um, the word that you're looking for there. So I will, and I, I've never had a real problem with Phil. It's not like we're tied or anything, but we've had a good professional relationship. And so I walked up to Phil and said, here's my bad question. Phil, can I get an interview? <laughs> that was my bad question because he looked at me and he said, are you still working for the golf channel? And I said, I am. He said, well, then that's not going to happen. So my question to ask a question was my bad question. Uh, and that's the way I think most of these are. I mean, honestly, yeah. I, I don't think it was a bad question. I asked Jay Monahan. It was just something he didn't want to answer. And I don't want to get serious, but this does sort of leak into something that the three of us, I think, should address, where in lab you were at the Solheim Cup. You were there. It was actually Alex Maselli who asked Lexi Thompson about, I don't know what, I mean, you, you say what you would call the chip. You were there. I mean, it, it, was, a, it was a terrible it was a chip. It was, it was a shame. shame. There it is. I didn't want to use the S word, but you did. And the fallout from that is, is fascinating to me because the media has become the enemy in many circles in just life, not, not just golf life, not just golf or sports, but just in general. And somehow Alex Maselli, who I don't like him as my ally here, but he did ask a legitimate question because that should have been the first thing was asked in that particular situation. And it wasn't necessarily how Lexi answered. It was how everyone else reacted that how dare he ask this question. And my argument, my comeback to that is it, that's the only question that we should ask. Like, look, there's plenty of questions that we probably are on the line about. Do we have a right to know when it comes to golfers, when it comes to certainly throughout the history of Tiger Woods's career, I can think of plenty of questions where, that were borderline. Like, do I have a right to know this, something about his personal life? That one, in this particular context, it's the only question in my mind, Todd. Yeah, I mean, look, if if these players want us to, you know, want to show their brand and give their thoughts and emotions when they go out and shoot 63 and win, then I think just as compelling for the viewer is if a player has a five-shot lead heading into Sunday and shoots 74 and loses. Um, they equally owe that. They have – we have a beautiful responsibility to service our, our readers, our listeners, our viewers. And this is not – I mean, I completely – you know, I, I embrace that. And, and frankly, a player should embrace that as well. I have to say – in regards to that, Tiger Woods has done a lot of things in his career that are phenomenal. But when he shows up at a tournament, he understands where he is in the game. Pre-tournament, always a press conference. And I would say 95% of the time, if he again he shoots 62 or 82, right. he he is he is standing in front of a microphone and talking about how he played. And I think that that is he has done so much to understand where his place is in the game and his responsibility to the fans. I think it's more just like there's a, it's a personal accountability issue. Correct. And I, I just invoked Brooks Kepka, and I think like Brooks Kepka is the perfect modern example of that. He never ducks it. He may not be a great interview after he shoots 74 or 75. I mean, he did, he went into the, uh, the media building uh, at the Masters after losing, and I thought was was pretty good. But he he never ducks you, he never dodges you, he never hides behind his agent. Uh, regardless of what he shoots, he goes and finds it. It's certainly a, a culture, I think, of the modern player for these guys to be insulated by their teams, to hide behind them, and to basically just portray an image when things are going well. And I tend to have more respect 
for players who who understand that that's not an accurate representation of who you are as a professional athlete. Like, can I go? Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I was I, just 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 to like. There's this there's this false image that fans will only like you if you're viewed as a winner, right? Tiger yeah. Woods, 82 time PGA Tour winner, 15 time major champion, arguably the most dominant athlete we've ever seen. And that's what they think is popular. And yet I would maintain that a lot of Rory McElroy's popularity, a lot of Jordan Spieth's popularity stems from the fact that these guys have shown their frailties, have shown their humanity, uh, and have shown that through obstacles, through adversity, they can still be stand-up professionals as well and not necessarily uh, duck from any sort of scrutiny. Yeah, I mean, why do you think Ricky Fowler is so popular? I mean, another you know, another another great example. Never, it, never, never ducks, never dodges. JT well, never ducks, never dodges. I mean, I, Ricky, I Ricky is popular because he's dreamy. Let's be honest here. Like, if oh, you well, really, really want me to answer, that, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I will say this. I mean, JT is a perfect example. If if you remember a few years ago, he said what he shouldn't have said at Kapalua. Um, that was just an improper thing to say. Um, and if you watch that interview, he came on uh, Golf Central post game live with me and made no excuses. I got to do better than that. That is not a representation of me. I am so sorry of why I said that. And I, you know, I owe everyone an apology just completely with genuity, no cliches. You know, it, it wasn't like it, it was just real. And and you can relate to that because none of us, none of us are perfect. We're going to make mistakes. Uh, but, J, but JT went to the Tiger School of Personal Responsibility and Accountability. I think he's noticed over the years that the tiger, as you mentioned, you can probably count on, I mean, well, the hydrant thing wasn't great this, with tiger. Well, I'm, I'm talking, I mean, I'm talking post, I'm talking post round. Right. Accountability. You can, it's probably between 10 and 20 times in tiger's career that he has not talked and tip. And it's typically because typically because, because he either WD or was in so much excruciating pain that right. he needed to go seek treatment. Uh, immediately like i talked to jt after he shot like what 81 or 82 this year at the u.s open like that could have been yeah. a situation where a player bites your head off when you say hey man do you got a couple minutes this would chat nope what do you what do you guys got for me and it was it was three minutes and we sent him on his way and i think it was illuminating for readers listeners viewers to see what a guy's going through when things are not going well right as opposed to he just shoots 63 at firestone and, and blows away guys now, and I'll, I'll do this since T. Lou just brought up accountability. I think there is something to be said for the modern athlete and that there, there is a – they do want to put that shell around them, and it's protective. It's, it's to guard them against any doubts, and you can't have a doubt, especially if you're a golfer on the golf course. I, I keep going back to the idea that when Jordan Spieth hit into the creek on number 12 at Augusta, had that question not been asked to him after the round, I think Jordan himself would have been like, What's going on here? Like, are you guys not going to ask me about the most important right. part of this round? So I think it has a lot to do with personality. I just kind of was taken by the fact that that was such a storm, and it seemed like the obvious question. Again, speaking of accountability, this is the this is the one I really wanted to get to with both Todd and Lab. What story do you wish you didn't write a report? And I'm not 
trying to, to cut too deep here, but I, I have a really easy answer when I came up with this question. And it's every legal story I wrote, not just this year, <laughs> but in the history of GolfChannel.com. Because Golf I Channel legal time. expert Rex Hoggard, who has literally zero legal background. Zero legal background. And I, I had this conversation recently with another reporter, Mark Slaval, our friend from ESPN, and, and how much he and I connected on this because, again, neither one of us have a legal background. And you get into these – you get you get kind of placed in these situations where you don't feel comfortable. And by and large, I felt like I at least had enough of an understanding to talk about it. But there were times when I'm trying to, to figure out exactly what a Latin phrase is. And that, as a reporter – is terrifying. So for me, it's every legal report I wrote this year. Todd? Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. give it to you. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. Ready to be a part of it? Exco, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Give up. Order now at Acura.com. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Man, I, I don't know how I, – I can't thank you enough, Rex, for standing beside me during Live From or Golf Central and having to explain all that legalese because I'm like you. I don't know anything about it. And I, I, have, I have really mastered the pivot right to you. Let's go down to Todd Lewis with our friend Rex Haggard. Rex, what do you got? Great, great father, great Marine. Rex, man, the court cases are heating up. What do you have? You know, it's like, I mean, that is, that is great. I put that on TV voice. Yes. What do you have? That's no, I love I'll, I'll that. Give you, I'll give you that TV voice. That's good. That's the proper <laughs> so, way to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that is, look, it's, and when I don't have my friend and expert Rex Hoggard beside me on television and I'm asked to do that. Ooh, that's, that's, Ooh. that's kind of tough. That's kind of tough. I, you know, I, there wasn't, yeah, at Rex and Lab, you know the story, but uh, it was kind of recent when Justin. I was asked uh, to do a report on Justin Thomas, who was not playing well, and so I made some calls to him in his camp, and he Justin said, "Hey, are you?" I asked him, "Are you still working with your dad?" And he said, "Yes, I am," uh, but I have kind of stepped away from him a little bit to kind of own my own swing, some some more, um, because because. What I've been doing is I hit a bad shot on the range and I just looked to my dad and said, why am I doing that? And I've kind of like learned, I think he picked this up from Tiger, is that I need to figure this out myself and not lean so much on my teachers. So I reported that. And of course, social media took what I said and kind of These damn aggregating accounts. Yeah, yeah, exasperated. Say like Todd Lewis is saying that he's 
that Justin Thomas is no longer working with his dad. And then and then a media outlet, a very prominent one, reached out to Mike Thomas's dad. Who? His dad, Who? Name names. No, no, name names. Who? It, it was, you know, to, to kind of clarify here, it was I Golf believe Digest. It was Golf Digest, Dave yes. Shedlowski. And so and so then now Mike Thomas is mad at me because I <laughs> I reported the facts and then it gets twisted around and it's just like so, I, you know, like, no, I never said that, Mike, you were not working with your still working with your son. Da, da, da. So that I don't I don't mind. I, I, I'm happy. How are, I how, are, that. how are things? How are things now, Tilu? Have tensions simmered? Yeah, we. I mean, I text him and I sent him the clip of my report and everything. He said, thanks. And so I think things are fine. Uh, but uh, it's just, you know, again, that you have it's it, you it's things can be spun in so many different ways through the cowardness of social media to be honest with you and irresponsibility uh that's the danger of twitter uh, i looked yesterday i've not tweeted since october 1st uh and without a blue check mark since they took it away from me uh, i'm no longer motivated to do are, so are you like patrick cantley are you not tweeting out of protest i i just have i just have a team i have i have a team that's pumping out any social content for me. Rex and I did okay. start a TikTok. I know you're familiar with that. At uh, GC Rex and Lab, we're up to ten followers. Uh, although we do have uh, plenty of likes and the views. Are you guys are doing dances and stuff in. like that? That I see. No, 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 no. That would save, be so good. We no. save, we save that for others. Uh, this is gonna be rapid fire section of this podcast. T. Lou, uh, favorite stop on the PJ tour schedule. You can take that, whatever you mean. If you can play, this could mean your free golf. This could mean the best food. <laughs> this could be the best people watching your favorite golf course, whatever the case God, may be. This is, I is mean, your best stop on the tour schedule. I love the majors, but they are so intense for us. And and we work so many hours. It's hard to say that it's your favorite, but it's definitely the most fulfilling. I would say professionally. Um, there are a lot that are kind of little gems out there. Um, I think the Memorial in Dublin is great. It's really cool. Because uh, why? Well, you get an elite field. Uh, you get great parking. You can park right there on site, which I know you guys get all the time. That's the good uh, stuff. Yeah, it's the good, that is the good stuff. Anytime you got to get in a shuttle to the golf course, is, oh, it sucks. Yeah, no, we good. sound like I'll, such I'll elitists. List. Don't we sound uh, such you're elitists. You're being honest. I'll give you credit. You're being honest. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, and the town just embraces it. And, and you know, it's it's good. You know, Great Dublin's a great little little small city, actually a suburb of Columbus. So I like that. God, man, it is. I you know, man, it is. It is really hard. I am really fortunate to spend the first two weeks of January in Hawaii. It is. It is just hands down difficult to beat. Yeah, some hey. of us, some of our departments, Tilu have budget cuts. Some of us <laughs> on this podcast have actually never been to the Century Tournament of Champions. Some you should us, go. It's a lot of fun, man. It's great. Us, I mean, they, the parking some is of great. Us on this podcast, <laughs> Tilu actually had to pay their own way to go to Maui on vacation. They don't get to do a little bookend trip around New Year's. They don't stay for a couple extra days in Honolulu. I don't. I know Rex isn't welcome there uh, anymore after his Robert Allenby uh, investigation went. <laughs> oh yeah, went, went, went sour. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if we can talk about that one. That was certainly one of the uh, worst interviews uh, that Rex has ever done. Uh, but. But our, our heart aches for you as as we start mapping out our schedule for the John Deere's of the world and the Sanderson I, Farms of the world. I thought the question was, what is your favorite? I didn't realize I was well, going to get no. ridiculed for honestly answering. 
No, no, I appreciate your honesty. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for more honesty because I'm gonna flip okay. this and ask you what's the worst event. Oh no, come on, no, yes. you can't do no. that. You, That's not do fair. You just yeah. talked about the coward. You just talked about the cowardly behavior of those on social media, and now you're gonna back out. No, I will give mine. I'll give mine right <sighs> off the top. And okay. It's the, Palmer, it's the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and this only has a little bit to do with the actual tournament. It's a home game for me. I live on the wrong side of Orlando, so it's the longest commute of the year. It's the worst parking of the year. Again, being very shallow, being very simple. It's It ranks right up there with the worst food in the media center every year. And probably the worst part is everybody wants a ticket. And you can sympathize with this, T. Lou, because I, I, I see you jumping through hoops trying to get tickets for all your oh friends and your relatives. And everyone wants to come out that week. It's just too much going on outside of the golf for me to actually enjoy the event. The event's great. Like I, I, the legacy of Arnold Palmer, this has nothing to do with any of that. It's just logistically the worst event for me of the year. Todd, your turn. You know, <clears throat> I ditto, I, ditto, Rex. I yeah, I, I'm coward. <laughs> I'm going to jump on that bandwagon because I will say, of course, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Wait, hang on, I got that. Uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational is is a great tournament, but but like you said, I mean, it is amazing to me. I mean, people think that I have a printer that just prints off tickets at my house. It is crazy. And and they don't they don't want to just walk around tickets. No, no. no. Get me up to the place where they have free food and open bar. Please, we need about eight eight to ten of those. That's called the but Steve Sands suite. Yeah, okay, true. <laughs> but but I have an, an, an addendum to that. There's also the Wyndham Championship, which is in my hometown of Greensboro, North Carolina. And not only are tickets generally being requested for me, but I'm also, and it's a lovely thing too. You got friends, you got family members that you haven't seen in a while when you come home and you're trying to obviously cover the event as well. And it's, you know, it's incredibly taxing, but they're both great events. They're great events. They're just a little, they're harder to work. Uh, laugh. He said people want good tickets and sweet tickets. And by that, I think I, he meant a very specific person. No, they're people. They're groups. Uh, it's they're, a person. Uh, it's a they're, person. For no, sure. there are groups that want them, but yes, yes, yes. There's, there's, <laughs> yes, yes, true. This happens to be very close to you. Uh, I've got a couple, and this is just going to sound like I'm dogging on Peach for Trims. I'm, I'm with you. Like, I'll never cover Bay Hill again uh, for different reasons, uh, many of which uh, you have also mentioned. Zurich Classic, uh, I don't, I haven't covered that one in a while. I used to, I used to love that tournament. We used to have, uh, we, all three of us are on per diem now. Used to have what was called a reasonable dinner expense, which I found to be eighty-five dollars before the company would eventually send it back to me. And so, covering the Zurich Classic from Monday to Monday with a reasonable dinner expense, uh, I've been to every great restaurant in New Orleans. I know, like, ex if I'm going to do a three-day, two-night trip in New Orleans, I know exactly where to go to maximize all my food options. But the actual tournament, the actual tournament is dreadful. The media center food is bad. TPC Louisiana uh, absolutely stinks. Uh, so I'm going uh, with that one. Uh, I'm sure you guys have both covered the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, our media center is in like this cart barn underneath the clubhouse. Uh, it can get a little uh, moist in there, uh, which is moist. not great. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't say that. They can you say define it, they, that? They say it's a dry heat, uh, but I promise you in the cart barn, it very much is not. And the actual Feels like a sauna. The actual scene out on the golf course is is just absolute mayhem, but it's only concentrated on in like four holes. The rest of it is is a ghost town, but in those four holes, it's just not my scene personally. 
like there's people doing cocaine in the bathrooms, uh, having oh, relations, man. other like it's just it's just an absolute mess. Is I'm, that the I'm not, Scarface I'm not, Open? I'm not I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna cover that one uh, ever again. It's oh, like I think it would be great to go as a fan, as a media member, especially during the Super Bowl. Uh, no, uh, I can find myself. Right. I, yeah, I would go to your boss and say, I'm never coming that again, covering that again, and see if you can get I to have. Hawaii. It's really cool, man. It's a nice place. I mean, it's really, the parking's I fantastic. Mean, the, I drove you don't past see cocaine the in the bathroom there. Smells so good. The flowers. Is just I mean, I drove I drove past the Ritz. It looks great. I just actually haven't covered a golf tournament there. Mama's Fish House. Shout out Mama's Fish House. Uh, absolutely delicious. T. Lou, as you look ahead to 2024, uh, you're not going to the Olympics. Rex is doing your job for you that week. Uh, but what else are you looking forward to doing uh, in the new year? Uh, well, <laughs> looking forward to, let's see. Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, the U.S. Open's in my home state. I'm looking forward to going to Pinehurst. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, and I'm actually looking forward to the President's Cup. I think it's, uh, you know, I've talked to Trevor Immelman. I've talked to Mike Weir. I, I, I think that's that's going to be an intense environment. Not saying it's going to be like Rome or Canadians, European, right? Canadians yeah, intense can, environment. Man, Those two uh, are no. Are I let me just say, they, you guys know they love golf up there. They love golf outside of hockey. You know, I think golf maybe number two up there. Um, so I think it's going to be yeah. I think it's going to be a great environment. I'm I'm looking forward to the Presidents Cup and I I God man it, I. I'm a I'm a big red, white, and blue guy. I love my country, but you know, I there's a part of me that wants the international team to win. I mean, because I think it would be, you know, great for the series and, you know, be kind of cool. But I, you know, I still I want to go out and enjoy the enjoy the bit. I think that's gonna be fun. Unless unless Cam Smith's coming through that door, uh, I don't see an international victory in twenty twenty four. As much as I just dogged Rex on on the New Orleans food in the media center, I'm looking forward to the President's Cup. As well, I know we no longer have the reasonable dinner expense, but we do have per diem. We're going to be stockpiling our per diem. Montreal is quite possibly the best food city in the world. Uh, wife and I did a trip there last year. I know exactly where we're going. It is incredibly expensive, uh, but arguably the best two meals I've ever had were in Montreal. Uh, Tilu, feel free to join us oh, thanks. early week. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, is there anything else you want to get to, Rex? You, you and I will be doing our own yeah. personal favorites and look ahead to 2024, so I won't bog down the viewers uh, with that. But any other memorable moments from the year, T. Lou, that you want to share before we get you on your shuttle? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, well, I would have to say, you know, again, coming coming on this podcast is right up there for sure. Uh, pandering. We love pandering. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I, I still, um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we can have a seminar that I, you can help me understand the separation between TV voice and lunchroom voice, because yeah. I don't, I don't get it. You do get it. You, you just pretend. I like don't, don't get it. We, we've had this conversation a thousand times. This is because you swore. Okay, go ahead. County, well, actually, why don't you give me a description? Let's if you do, can let's show do me, a roast. Educate me. Let's do a right, roast. Rex, give me, give me your version of Todd Lewis lunchroom voice and then Todd Lewis TV voice. You were just doing Todd Lewis at lunchroom voice. It, it, it's it's light, it's airy, it's a little uh, little uh, soprano-y, uh, and it's just fun. It, you're telling stories, we're laughing, we're talking about food, we're talking about whatever the case may be. 
TV voice is as soon as the camera comes on and you turn to John Faco, our famous cameraman, and I, you can even see it in your body language. You, you kind of, do, you do a little shift. Do a little sh shimmy? Yeah, yeah. And you, you make a show of bringing the mic up. Like, and, and you're usually- and this He's is, always this caught off guard. How is he always is caught off guard? They literally <laughs> tell you in your ear when they're coming to you. This is the ultimate Todd Lewis move where he's hearing three, two, one, and he's looking down and it's like he's surprised that he's in someone's <laughs> oh, living room. Hi there. Oh, hello, friend. Oh, it's you. Yeah. And it's, am... and, and it's yeah. four octaves below what, what you are right now. And it's very slow. It's very measured. It's professional, man. Like you think we're making fun of you. This is nothing but respect out of, I'm holding a, an, an, an imaginary microphone. I'm sitting here holding an imaginary microphone. Uh, <laughs> This is only only because Lav and I can't do it. Like we're bad at it. So we. I mean, you guys are at it. I mean, we're also like authentic and genuine. And I think what I think what you're trying to say. Oh. Correct me if correct me if I'm wrong. Oh. You're saying that that Tilo has two different personalities. Uh, I don't think that's that's out of the realm of possibility. I'm not saying he's a psychopath, <laughs> but he has the qualities of a psychopath. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm taking you to. I'm taking this podcast now as my highlight of the year off the list now. Just ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, I do not have two different personalities. I, I don't feel myself talking differently. But okay, um, all right. I'm gonna work. With hey, I'm getting ready to do a live shot at some point here this week uh, after this podcast. So I really do appreciate you making me feel insecure. Thank you so much. This is really that's what friends are for. No, no. Again, I keep going back to the idea that you a you are a professional. Lab and I are not. We have nothing but appreciation. And to the idea for what you do. Uh, no, not the idea. You are a professional. We have nothing but <laughs> we have appreciation and admiration for what you do. We're just blown away by you. the idea that one moment we can be telling fart jokes. And that's what we do when the camera's not on. And the next moment you hear three, two, one, and you look up into the lights, surprised somehow that you're on TV and you immediately break in to the Todd Lewis voice. The other thing that, and this is so mean. The other thing this that you great. do that I think this is, that I think is so funny is watch Todd when he gets done with an interview, even with me. Like, it's not like I'm going to run away. But when he gets done with an interview with a player, he literally grabs their arm. And I think it's to keep them from running away. No? Well, yes. Actually, because <laughs> the protocol, <laughs> the choreography of the mini interview. Not to touch, is definitely not to touch the athlete. That's definitely the protocol. Let's be, let's be uh, I have not. I have yet to see a memo from the tour on that. Um, well, you will. When I'm doing a winning interview, champ, the, the champion is generally holding the trophy. And they they have to do an interview with uh, the the television network. They have to do uh, XM radio, and then they get to me. <laughs> and what we do is we start on what's called a two shot. So it's me and the champion, and then I turn, and then they the camera goes in tight on the guy who won, and then I say, "Finally, finally, champion!" I ask that champion a question, and then I stand beside him, and then they pull out on a two shot. And to make sure he doesn't go anywhere, I do put my hand on his back and say, "Here he is." Victor Hovland, your FedEx Cup champion. Back to you. And you know that TV I, I voice, that. just like that. Hey, no, we're talking about the we're, ta we're talking about the boops on the on the forearm. We're talking about the bops on the knee. Right. The we're boops and the bops. <laughs> we're talking about boops and bops. You always uh, you always touch the athlete before you send them on their way. This right, is uh, my uh, problem. It's, and it's, okay, and it's not all right. So I know I need to take some freaking notes here. All right, so I have one more. Talking. Uh, no, no, I have one more. Okay, go I know ahead. you got to catch a shuttle. I want to make this quick. And and, and look, you, this is going to force you to throw someone else under the bus. And I know you're wildly uncomfortable with that. What's the craziest thing you heard someone else say on TV? You know, a colleague of yours. I've got mine off the top of my head. And I'm going to throw him under the bus. We, we all love Steve Sands. But Lav and I are sitting with him. 
doing our thing at Augusta and that, that very fancy set overlooking the beautiful range. And Steve was being maximum Steve. And he actually has the hand thing as well. And I think he actually reached out and touched my knee and he was going to break. And he said, uh, come back soon. Uh, we'll be back soon to the Augustus. And he literally stopped himself and said, and said out loud, what am I saying at Augusta National? No, was that was funny. Out. I remember seeing that. What am I, what am I saying? And, and he's so smooth. And it just came out like I would have panicked. I would have probably crawled onto the floor, gotten to the fetal position, like started sucking my thumb. Like I would have just never, I'd have been unreconcilable. But he just kept rolling with it. What What did you hear this year that got just got you? What did he just say? Oh, that's a good question. Let's see. Um, Any like Freudian slips, T. Lou? Oh, yeah. From me? Uh, or anyone. From anyone. No, not those, you. Those, not those, you. Are, those are always fun. Yeah, obviously, you, you always had a perfect interview. Uh, we perfect. already established that. Touching, massaging. Yeah. Um, boops and bops. Yeah. God, I can't really think. I, you know, again, I can't think of any, I mean, the brand ease that comes out of his mouth. I mean, you know, the, <laughs> you know, you know uh, it's just, you know, just the stuff that he said, you know, look at that. He's a straighter and you could point, you know, and that's, you know, stuff that it's just amazing. It's just, uh, yeah, he is. Give us, one. I'm, Give us one. Give us a brand Like you have one off the top of your head. You're just, you're reluctant to do it. I mean, oh, I, <laughs> um, you know, he, 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 he's, you know, he's look at him. He's built like a Greek God. He's just walking down the Pharaoh. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> you know, Tiger Woods, he's got the shape of a V, you know, shoulders big and his waist is small. Most of them are U's. He's a consonant. They're vowels, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, this is oh, great. It's oh, funny. I, I mean, it. Yeah, you know, he's informative and entertaining. He's he's got that great little balance there. Uh, maybe Brandel will be the podcast uh, guest after this roasting. Uh, I'm not sure you're uh, particularly. Excited I was complimenting to come back. him. I think it's fantastic. No, I'm saying I'm not. I'm not sure you're going to be TV uh, voice. Excited to come back on this golf show podcast. Oh, that was TV he voice. Have the new year. That was the TV voice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, it's We're okay. You have, you, a, you, have a, you have a you have a split personality disorder. Uh, they do have medication. <laughs> uh, you, get, you got plenty of time before you actually go to Hawaii uh, to uh, get that sorted out. T. Lou, thank you for joining place. us. No, you have to. No, you have to catch uh, a shuttle. Appreciate your insights. Uh, appreciate your friendship. Uh, look forward to doing yeah. it again in the new year with you. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this uh, sneak behind the scenes with the one and only Todd Lewis on this Golf Channel podcast with Rex and Lav. Rex and I will be back uh, next week for more as we wrap up the year that was in 2023 and look ahead to the new year in golf, which promises to be as captivating as ever. That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? 
Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard.